This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Morin. So, this week on the podcast, I am delighted to say I am joined by the phenomenal Michael Fry. Michael is a comedian, he's an actor, he's a content creator from Navin, the lovely royal county like myself, but he's living at present in Dublin. Uh, you're probably best known, Michael, for his satirical sketches, his musical renditions of uh, viral videos on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, he's kind of appeared everywhere. Most recently, you might have seen him on Derry Girls. He also appeared in ITV's Holding, and he is going on tour with the wonderful Killian Sunderman. You can get them in Galway, Kilkenny, London, Belfast, Cork. I'm going to give you all the details at the end of the show. And if you want to get booking while you're listening, I'm going to put the details in the show notes too. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please enjoy the fantastic Michael Fry. Michael Fry, are you ready to play Personality Bingo? I am indeed, let's go. Okay, fantastic. I want to do a disclaimer. It's not a disclaimer, it's a celebration that this is the first episode we're recording in the new era of Personality Bingo, so thank you being he- for being here with me. Um, I think I remember how it all works. I listened to one on the way in. Fingers crossed, <laughs> let's go. So, here's how it works. There's 60 balls in the machine, there's 60 minutes on the clock, and I've got 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you a sheet of paper there with five numbers on it. Would you do me a favour and read out the five? Uh, 7, 48, 49, 22, 16, and there's a blank space. A blank space. Would you yeah. mind filling that with a number of your choosing something between 1 and 60 that's not already there? Mm. Um, I'm going to go 12. 12? Yeah. Great. Any reason? Uh, it's divisible by a lot of different numbers, and I, I just think it's a solid number. And I was born in December, so there you go. 12. Mm. There's a lot of thought behind that. Yeah. Too much, I should say. Maybe I'm worried. Also, I should say that if all six of those numbers do come out, something that's never happened in the previous 132 episodes of Personality mm-hmm. Bingo, that means the tables are turned and you get to ask me any question in the whole wide world and I'll give you a totally honest answer. Okay. Which in the greater scheme of things is a pretty shit prize, but I'm not okay. giving you money <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yes. Um, okay, so let's give it a spin. This is, this is a big moment. This mm-hmm. is the... The new era, personality bingo 2.0, and your first number out. Oh, isn't it perfect? It's two and one twenty-one. Um, do you have it? I do not. No. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Oh, what an interesting way to kick things off. Mm. When was the last time you said a prayer? Oh God. Um, <laughs> appropriate. Right now. Um, I I don't know. I I was probably sixteen. Mm. I would say. Like I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm not religious. At all, I don't think. I would have been very religious when I was like 12 and stuff. I was an altar server, all that kind of stuff. More because it was just, I found mass very boring and I needed something to do during it. Um, and I knew all the stuff. I still remember vast sections of the mass, the bits they haven't changed. But I can't remember. I Probably probably at a funeral or something, I would say, is the last time I did a prayer. Mm. But Yeah, I yeah. find it very disagreeable that they changed the prayers from our childhood. I'm like, yeah. fuck you. And like, I, I, I kind of, even still, if I'm at Mass at a funeral, like sometimes I go Christmas Eve, although not in the last few mm. years, but I kind of take great pleasure in reciting the prayers properly. And yeah. then when it gets to a bit where they've done a little remix on it, I'm kind of like, no, that's not cool. It's all, and, and with your spirit really annoys me. That one annoys mm. me. It's supposed to be, and also with you, that's very simple. Everyone knows what that means. 
I don't know why they've added that kind of hippy dippy. <laughs> I know, like I know it's a church. Sorry, but like you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But do you have um, a relationship? I suppose with like it, it is very interesting in like we were just speaking being the same. We're millennials, mm-hmm. like but like in that whole kind of culture of like gratitude or mindfulness or affirmations or positive thinking or law of attraction, whatever that mm. whole sphere of kind of life or your social media or whatever is. Do you have a relationship to anything in that bracket? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I understand, you know, people doing meditations and stuff like that. I've done guided ones. I find them like very useful, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I think the, the real positive bit about like religion and stuff like that is kind of just putting your mind on something else and residing something and just sitting there in the quiet, all that kind of stuff. I completely understand how that's a comfort to people, even if they aren't religious. Like it's the routine of it. It's the whole, um, there is a word for that, but I can't remember what it is. Um, just the kind of, the, the process of doing. The ritual almost. The ri- that's exactly what it is, yeah. Mm. Rich, I think that's really useful and really helpful to people, whether you're religious or not. So I get it, but I don't partake in it myself. For sure. Yeah. Love it. Let's go again. All right. Number two. Do you have it? I did. Uh, no, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you got 22. I have 22 and 12. I was going to put two. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm, when I say mentor, who comes to mind for you? Oh, God. Um, hmm. I, I, I'm going to say blind boy. Because <laughs> mm. this sounds a bit mental, but like, yeah. Uh, kind of last year during the pandemic or whatever I was kind of considering live and he had sent me a message before being like if you have any questions or whatever let me know or if you have any do you want to talk about stuff and I was like do you know what I'm actually going to use my network for once and and do that uh, so it, t- it took him a while to kind of get back to me because he's a very busy guy but he did and he was talking to me for like an hour and a bit mm. about how to do live all that kind of stuff and his experience and like there's very few people who have done what we do, if you know what I mean, like this, mm-hmm. there's a current wave of kind of online comedians. It's say myself and Sean Burke and Killian Sunderman and Tony Cantwell, all that kind of stuff. There's very few people who've gone kind of before us, but Blind Boy is actually someone who's done that, who kind of started out in social media on Bebo, ended up on TV, all that kind of stuff, have kind of done everything, uh, and is now kind of doing very, very well for himself. So he was the kind of he was a really good person to ask about all that kind of stuff and you know every so often he will send me a message and be like how you getting on or you know anything you want to know let me know all that kind of stuff and I, I met him in person for the first time at like an extra picnic or whatever but he's yeah he was really sound about everything and really helpful and so did, did you speak on the phone or through DMs or what was it uh, kind of through DMs and then we had a, an hour long phone call one time and then I actually physically met him for the first time in the summer which is mad wow um with the bag off and everything, which is, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Insane, yeah. So. Um, was it weird to see the, hear the voice coming out of a face, not a bag? Yeah, because I, I genuinely didn't know what he looked like before that. I never Googled it or, or anything like that. So he was like, he kind of told me his name and stuff. I was like, oh yeah, okay, right. Yes, I know who you are now, but it took me a few minutes, yeah. Wow. It is amazing, yeah. The the disconnect, I mean, and he is such a cultural figure mm. in the country now and kind of now like unbelievably mainstream like the blind boy podcast is like i know it like i know it's absurd and it's you know left the field in lots of ways but it's unbelievably mainstream in its popularity and yeah. i suppose in its like cultural 
impact and, and significance. I was curious when you said I kind of come, I will come back to mm. to well actually yeah what what did what did he say what was the advice? Oh, I was just all about kind of keeping things uh, minimal to start with when you're doing live. So when I started, I started doing live this year, uh, uh, probably April last year. Myself and Killian, uh, not together, but just doing our own sets, kind of one after the other. Uh, and that's what I did. I was considering adding instruments and having a live band and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, no, I need to I need to actually do what he said and just have stuff on a laptop and maybe have a guitar. I had a sound guy with me for the first few ones just to trigger things and make sure nothing went wrong or whatever. But that kind of thing of keeping it very minimal, minimal is, was good advice. Mm. And now that I'm used to being on stage, I can build on it and add different things. Um, so that was really helpful. And kind of other stuff just around social media and how you deal with trolls and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, he gets that far more than I do because he's outspoken on certain issues. Mm. So I didn't necessarily need that advice, but I might, you know, yeah. in, in in a while. Do you know and what I mean? And what so, was that advice? Oh, just, just kind of just don't pay attention to it. Yeah. And sometimes the price of success is people just randomly deciding they don't like you. Mm. And that's kind of, that's, you know, that's it's kind of tough to deal with when you read it first that someone can have uh, a, like a visceral hatred for you or like a dislike for you without knowing you or kind of just based on what they assume about you. But like, I mean, I do that with people all the time. There's celebrities I don't particularly like for any reason. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's kind of like, yeah, it's human nature. I kind of understand it, you know? Yeah. Does it like, does that, because I think there's certain people who are very, I have them in my life and I kind of am in awe of them who feel whether they are or not bulletproof. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people and I would include myself in this mm -hmm. bracket, that are sensitive. And like, if someone, it like, <laughs> it's funny, uh, one of the, one of the, one of the questions in this somewhere, oh, fuck it, it doesn't matter if it comes out, and it's one of the new ones that I've added in, mm -hmm. was like, would you rather be funny or good looking? And like, uh, and I'm not asking you that question, uh -huh. but I'm like, I think that different people have different wounds around different things. Yes. And one of my big wounds, I would know as a person is like, being liked it's mm. very important for me yes that, or traditionally like it's been very important that people like me and in fact i designed like my whole personality i mean manipulate to, to manipulate people to do that would be like you know kind of painting it in a, in a really dark shade which mm. I, I don't really think it is i think it's a very human thing to do but i also know that the idea of someone not liking me or like demonstrating that level of visceral hatred towards me for kind of no reason mm. i know i would will have find that difficult yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Are you, which kind of person would you feel you're more of I'm pro probably exactly like you in mm. that sense yeah yeah absolutely um, because what, 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 kind of what happened over lockdown is that like I'm not making anything particularly edgy or political or, or good even uh, but it's that kind of thing If it's, it's so bland the idea that you could really hate me over it is ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's kind of the thing of like, well, it doesn't really matter what I do because people are going to be upset with me either way. Like they aren't really that upset with me at the moment and it's totally fine. Um, but it's that kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm making my peace with it and understanding that that actually does come with the territory. But um, yeah, it is always uncomfortable to see somebody just be like, I hate this guy or he makes me sick to my stomach or I want to strangle him with someone else's intestines, for example. Do you know that kind of thing? So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's because, um, like, I know you obviously, Michael Fry is not your given name. That's, mm. a, that's a stage name, so to speak. So, like, is that part of that 
decision like is there a is, was that just a very practical thing of like no like when you know you start off you've got other jobs and you're like I want to keep this separate or is there that thing of like I do feel like, say for instance, right, like I recently made a show and it was called Tom Moran is a Big Fat Filthy Disgusting Liar mm-hmm. and it was all true, completely autobiographical and it was about me and that was kind of the point and mm-hmm. I think that was one of the things that if the show worked, that was one of the things that worked about it. But also, I was aware going into it that if it didn't work and if, for instance, people did hate it and I'm sure some people maybe did, you know, that like, I think it would have made it more painful because it was me and mm. it was the truth. Obviously, there's like artistry to it and you're editing and you're writing and, and you know, you're turning up the dials at different parts and all of that. But like, ultimately, I love making work from like a, a pretty personal place and a really autobiographical place. Um, I know the stuff, generally speaking, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you've done has been a little bit like different, certainly in the online space, which mm-hmm. is where I've seen most of your work. Is there, yeah, maybe two parts to this question. One, do you have any interest in like, that sort of stuff that like tracks more as like memoir or autobiographical or more personal stuff. And two, do you think that like the disconnect of like, you know, I have a different name, Michael is my stage name, all that stuff. Does that help kind of protect yourself a little bit, I suppose, from any of that potential criticism that comes your way? Yeah, I think it does. Like I, I do a lot of characters. I never really myself. And actually when I was doing stand up, it was very much like who is Michael Fry, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't actually know, you know, I, it is me, it's obviously me, it's, you know, I, I appear on radio panels and stuff as Michael Fry and I'm just saying my personal opinion, if you know what I mean. Um, I think I'm kind of, it was a case where I separated it out because of work and all that kind of stuff, but now it's very much, that is my life and I had considered deed poll and all that kind of stuff and actually just going with the name all the time because it would have been handier, do you know, that kind of thing because there's a very little difference but I do like the idea of being able to play with a persona you know at the same time mm-hmm. um, and that yeah when people see oh he's a comedian and he doesn't use his real name then it's kind of like oh well how do we trust what he says all that kind of stuff I, li- I like that mm. I like that kind of ambiguity as well you know yeah and what about that then of like do you do you ever see yourself using more like real life material or that sort of thing is that something that interests you yeah I mean I, I started doing it in the fringe show where I talk about say my personal life or I talk about uh, my ancestry or my work experiences or all that kind of stuff um, and that's been fun I think you can get some really funny stuff out of it do you know mm. what I mean I'm, I'm absolutely open to using it but I think it's a tool in the box yes you know what I mean rather than something I'd be like oh yeah I, I really want to talk with this all the time or I really want to you know, I like the idea of escape and being other people at the same time, like, you know. Fantastic. All right, let's give it a spin. Okay. We have number 13. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm not doing very well today. Unlucky but, yeah. and bingo and for you. Um, mm, 13, interesting question. Mm. What is your relationship with your body? Oh, um, good, I would say. Um, I'm kind of like... I don't know. At the moment, I'm trying to lose a bit of weight. Mm. Uh, and obviously, content warning if anyone doesn't want to hear stuff about that because that's, you know, obviously people have different issues around that. Um, but I, yeah, feeling better about it than I have before. Or it's more that I'm paying attention to it. Before, like, I was happy to just look like shit all the time, you know, and I thought it was funnier if I did. And now I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, uh, maybe we should pay attention to that because your health is on the line and all that kind of stuff. Um, because, yeah, I had really bad habits like getting takeaways all the time or not exercising or all that kind of stuff. And now I'm kind of enjoying actually paying attention to it in a way that's kind of not 
at all pressured if you know what I mean like mm. I think when you're younger and you're playing sports and you're looking at gyms and stuff like that I don't know I didn't I didn't enjoy sports and I didn't enjoy any of that kind of stuff so it was always a chore whereas now I'm coming to it as an adult and it's like wow I can do all this stuff and no one's going to call me gay you know kind of stuff yeah. it's that kind of uh, it's quite nice coming back to it as an adult and, and caring about it but like I've learned to kind of accept things that I can't change or whatever but I did also just get my eyes lasered so it's kind of just like a thing of like I wanted to change that because it bothered me but there's nothing else I really feel that self-conscious about since you know Mm, that's fascinating to Mm. me that idea that like well I think that's a really interesting thing of like I felt funnier like you know Mm. like being bigger is what I intimated from that correct me if I'm wrong or you didn't care what you looked like so I guess when I'm intimating from that it's like you looked (laughs) worse you know what I mean whatever the fuck that means of course Mm. but that's really interesting to me because like I like I think I think that that like that is that's kind of like true in a in a way like you do always hear of like I I know like there'd be you so listen to like comedians on podcasts and there was mm-hmm. always that thing for ages of like oh you can't be ripped and be funny and then you see someone like Dave Chappelle or something like that yeah and you're like well that's obviously not true like you know um that's obviously not true and I think like that sort of stuff's becoming less and less but what I'd be more interested in is that idea of like the I don't know the personal or the social sacrifice of being like I know I could like take better care of myself and like this is on my baggage by the way mm-hmm. which is like that like you know um. Like, yeah, I guess, like, the aesthetics of, mm-hmm. of, like, me or who I am. And, again, I think it all ties back into that thing of being likable or lovable or whatever the thing is. Like, yeah. whatever I can do to, like, control that, I'm going to try and do. So, like, that's really interesting to me that you would sacrifice. You would be happy to... That, that's such big language, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Do you be kind of like, no, nah, it's kind of more important to me that, like, I... um Yeah, like, being funny than looking well. Yeah, yeah. Or it was kind of... Yeah, I'd, I'd wear a lot of ridiculous clothes. <laughs> Do you know that kind of stuff when I was in college and stuff like that and that was about kind of expression if you know what I mean and obviously like being clean and tidy is important do you know that kind of thing <laughs> at a base level but it was never do you know I wouldn't spend ages doing my hair do you know everything's very low maintenance with me do you mm. know what I mean like it's not I rarely iron do you know what I mean I only iron if I'm wearing a shirt for something I'm going to actually be photographer, like photographed in you know that yeah. kind of thing yeah. uh, whereas I wear just I live in jumpers all the time now do you know that kind of thing great mm. yeah yeah that yeah, that that's really interesting. Like, so do you, do you like do you do you is your relationship with like how you look like? Do you have one? I suppose. Like, I mm. I think I have it. I'd have probably like a degree. I guess it's like, I guess it's ego, but I feel like it's more insecurity attached, mm. um, which I think would drive a certain level of like personal upkeep. Which is not to say that that doesn't you know fall apart from time to time. But mm. generally speaking, like I think I'd be trying to like. Well, no, I definitely am trying to look after that to the point where I'm like, this isn't great. Like, I'm really hard on myself about mm. it. You know what I mean? Do you have that? Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I think it's nice to look nice and you, you do feel better when mm. you're like, okay, I'm together. I've controlled this part of my day. Do you know that kind of thing? Yeah. I think that's more it than, than being like worried that I look like shite or worried that people are looking at me and judging me and all that kind of stuff. I don't really think about that when it comes to my looks, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I think I think mm. that kind of thing is aspirational for me, right? Mm-hmm. We give it a spin. Okay, number forty, Jeff. Mm. No. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah. Number forty. Where or what is your happy place? Oh, I don't know actually. Um, uh, <laughs> this, this completely contradicts a lot of what I said in the last one. But food. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I do like food. I do like. 
say on a Friday evening, if I'm not doing anything, putting on Old Simpsons and ordering a spice bag, I think is probably my happy place. Yeah. Amazing. Um, <laughs> that is a very happy sounding happy place. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah, yeah, just watching a sitcom or something, something very easy, mm. you know, where I'm not. I, I have this thing where I don't watch new things for a long time. For some reason, I'm very much like, I think it's an anxious thing where I'm like, I just don't want to be challenged right now. Put on an old episode of The Simpsons and just, just, I don't know, <laughs> escape. Yeah, you know? that's really interesting. Mm. Would you be an anxious person? Yes. Oh, incredibly, yes. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, so watching new things, I'm always like, oh, I might be bored. You know, that kind of thing. I might, I'm nervous about wasting my time. You know, mm. that kind of thing. But instead, I will just scroll for ages or I'll watch The Simpsons that I've seen already. And it's like, no, that was a waste of time. You know, I kind of think so. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of fantastic, though, when you like have those things, like, for instance, like that, like anxious tendency that when there is something kind of like as manageable, I suppose, as being mm. like, well, I'm just going to watch an episode of this like 24 minute show that I've seen like six times because I have a lot of that as well. Like there's certain things I've seen you know, mm. a dozen times. But that said, like I do, yeah, but like what What about then say even from like just a, a work perspective of being like, oh, all my like creative friends are saying like, oh, you've got to watch, I don't know, Fleabag, mm. you know, to pick a really old example. Yeah. But, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, hey, I'm getting around to that now. But like, do you have that? Like if someone's like, I don't know, what's the cool new thing everybody's watching at the moment? Uh, like fucking Happy Valley. I don't know. Again, yeah, yeah. old. I can't think of anything brand new. Um, <laughs> White Lotus. White Lotus. Two. There we go. Um, yeah, I do. I do. And I really like watching stuff that there's a conversation around because I can then join in. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, so I watched The Rings of Power. I watched House of the Dragon. I watched Bad Sisters all when they were on. I even watched She-Hulk when it was on just because we were talking about it. Do you know that kind of thing? Um, so I, I do. I love doing that. And I love the conversation. I love seeing what people say about things and giving my perspective on them. You know mm. what I mean? Like I really like the uh, the kind of communal idea around TV, I think that we all have, you know? Yeah, what 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 about then like, um, because obviously like some of the, say like the, the songs and stuff that you were making over lockdown, like mm. a lot of them are about like TV moments or, or big cultural moments. Like, do you find yourself watching and observing the culture, I suppose, and like trying to be like, hmm, I gotta go on that or, mm. Yeah, what, what, I guess what sort of um, what's your what's your framework or, or or lens or I suppose like how how do you decide I guess like yeah this is a this is a song I'm gonna hit release in this and I suppose why I'm asking is I think it's like that really interesting thing especially in the online space because mm. it's so saturated and there's mm. so many people and there's so many brilliant people that like um especially with someone like yourself who's like built up a really great like reputation as like one of the absolute top creators in that space is there a thing of like well I have that now so I don't want to re release like mediocre content for the sake of it mm. or is it like I gotta feed the algorithm or I gotta do whatever I gotta do to kind of keep you know, out and about. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, with say memes or tweets, you can just put out mediocre stuff, do you know what I mean? Like, and as long as I look back in the timeline and think, oh, that was funny, I'll keep it. Do you know what I mean? Or like, you know, say it got 12 likes, I'd be like, oh, okay, like I'll go rid of that just so it's, it's not a block to my record. But no, I, I, I think TikTok is quite bad for this where it encourages constant content creation, which I don't think I agree with because there's a lot of shite on it, do you know that kind of thing? And there's a lot of people making things for the sake of it too regularly, all that kind of stuff. I think it has to be considered, do you know what I mean? It has to be carefully considered being like, is this funny? Is this actually worth putting out there? Am I happy with it at the end of the day? I put out stuff that like was topical or whatever, 
wasn't happy with it. It does numbers, but it doesn't feel good when that happens. Do you know what I mean? It's very like, oh, low-hanging fruit, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm kind of like, yeah, I do try and consider and be like, okay, no, this is, this is, I, I can look back on this and say it's funny. Do you know that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. With kind of throwaway memes or tweets and stuff like that, it's not so important, but videos, yeah, you know? Yeah, great. Love it. All right, let's go again. Okay. Oh, we got two. Mm. I'll go in order. We got 27 first. Anything? Yeah, no, nothing. Mm, I mean, the odds, I guess numbers wise, it's one in 10, isn't it? So like, yeah. I guess <laughs> it makes sense. But where are we? Yeah. Number 27. Uh, yeah. How do you look back on the you of five years ago? Oh, five years. Well, what year was five years ago? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what year it is. 2018, anyway. I guess. 2018. Wow. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm with myself five years ago, I have to say, because it's when I started doing comedy as when, when I started putting it on Twitter and when it actually started doing well. And it's been insane since, do you know what I mean? And it has changed my trajectory and all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm really happy with myself. I'm glad I, I did that and I'm glad I kept going with it. And yeah, I, I, I think I made some decisions. I kind of left a grad program, uh, all that kind of stuff, kind of big calls uh, that probably didn't seem very smart at the time, but I'm very glad I made them. So... Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely, I'm very happy with myself five years ago, I think. Hey guys, just jumping on to let you know about another podcast here on the Headstuff Podcast Network called Agony Rants. It's starring Eurovision winner Neve Kavanagh and comedian, friend of our show too, Garod Farrelly, who has a wonderful episode of Personality Bingo that I would implore you to go back and listen to, where they offer advice to their listeners who send in all kinds of problems in this hilarious show, and I can vouch for it because I'm a fan and a listener. So if you want to be one too, here's a little taster. Hi, I'm Gerald Farrelly. And I'm Neve Kavanagh. And we have been friends for a very long time. And we regularly solve each other's problems. And now we'd like to solve yours in our podcast, Agony Rants. It's a weekly show where we offer you unwavering support. It's true. And it's the place to go if you need a place to vent or to get thoughtful advice. It's a serious lawsuit waiting to happen. Now, Grod, there isn't a problem that can't be helped by having a comedian and a Eurovision winner dissected before your very ears. Agony Rants is 40 minutes with two friends who just want to listen to you. Neve wants to listen. I dip in and out. Agony Rants has a new episode every Monday and you'll find us wherever you do your listening. So, guys, once again, that's Agony Rants with Garod Farrelly and Neve Kavanagh on the Headstuff Podcast Network. But now, back to personality bingo. What did that life space of five years ago look like? So I was, I started 2018 in a graduate program in Coleraine in Northern Ireland. Uh, not a city, so not a whole lot going on. It was of a student town, but I was kind of too old to be hanging out with students. It kind of just, I felt like I'd done it anyway. I'd been there, done that. Uh, but I also had a job, so I couldn't go out midweek, you know, with, with everybody else. So it was very kind of lonely and very, um, I couldn't drive do you know what I mean? And I wasn't one of those people who could just set themselves up in a new city and make loads of friends. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't do that because I didn't have the network there at all. Uh, so I spent a lot of time on my own, a lot of time in my room, kind of playing with music and playing with different things. And then I kind of realized, oh, I could have a conversation with myself if I use my music software and load stuff into a drum pad and kind of trigger them as I'm talking or whatever. So I started playing with it and I had 400 followers from just being on Twitter for a while as, as you do, you just accumulate people. And it started snowballing and I was like, wow, okay, people, Jesus, people really like this. Uh, 
and I did loads of them and it just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Blind Boy retweeted me very early on and that kind of really helped. Kevin Bridges retweeted me, like all that kind of stuff like that happened really early on. And I got like, there was a listicle, a couple of listicles and like, uh, you know, like Joe.ie or like the Irish News or someone like someone like that. I can't remember. Uh, and yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, maybe I am good at this because it wasn't a one off. I did quite a few of them and people are like, who is this guy? You know, that kind of thing. Um, so then it was kind of like, OK, do I want to pursue this? I think I do. I'm not really getting much from up here. So I, I came back to the south and I got hired by Joe kind of a few months later and then it was kind of like, oh, wow, okay, great, I'm in media. I got a job in media. I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to do that before. I was kind of like circling it by getting jobs in marketing or, you know, this, this that and the other, doing graduate programs, all that kind of stuff. Whereas like, yeah, I, I finally got into where I wanted to get to and all that kind of stuff. And it was just like, yeah, it was good. It felt like my, my life kind of just took the direction I had actually wanted it to take. Uh, in 2018, so I'm I'm very proud of myself for that. You know, amazing. Mm. What a beautiful thing to be able to say about a previous version of you is like I'm proud of myself. Yeah, yeah. I think that's gorgeous. Um, I have a lot of follow up questions on this one. Mm. What um what was the graduate program up north for? Uh, tourism Ireland. So right. I was working on kind of like video projects and stuff, uh, which is kind of again cognate to what I actually wanted. But I mm. thought, oh, I'll I'll somehow get in from marketing into acting, which is like. I don't know. I don't know what the link there. I, I don't know what link was there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. had no concept of how things were related or anything like that. But it was like, oh, at least I could be near it if I'm not in it. Do you know, that kind of thing. Um, so we we kind of traveled around giving um, money to people who made video products. So we worked on, there's like a music video. I was at an ice hockey tournament. I went to a basketball game. I went to the Red Bull Fox Hunt, which is like a downhill mountain bike race. So I did loads of weird things. Uh, and it was interesting or whatever, but it kind of just, it was just the isolation of it, mm. I think, that really got to me, you know, um, that I just wasn't able to, I just couldn't stay there any longer by the end of it, you know what I mean? It just was a bit much, you know. Yeah, where where were you, like, living? Were you in an apartment or a house or? I was in a house share with students in Port Stewart, uh, which is a, a tiny, it's a lovely little town, actually, up up the north coast, and that area is really nice as mm. well. There's a lot of, like, where they film Game of Thrones and where you can see Dragonstone and... Um, the beaches of Dorne and all that kind of stuff. That's all up there. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like the students were going to move out in the May and I was thinking, what am I actually going to do for the next six months? Do you know what I mean? I, like, I am I going to live on my own? Do you know what I mean? And it was very much like, I don't think I can do that, you know? Uh, and it was that thing of, you know, being in my 20s and seeing my friends live in cities, like a lot of my friends went to Paris or they went to London or they went to other places or they were staying in Dublin and, and having a good time. And I was very much like, oh, I feel like I've been removed from all of that and I'm not really living my 20s the way I should be, mm. you know. Uh, and I do remember coming home and going to like the first gig after coming home and just feeling just relief being like, oh, my God, this is what it's like to have friends and all that kind of stuff. I forgot what that was like, you know. Um, so I can't remember what the question was, but yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I just. That's like, where I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I think that yeah. that like space of your like early, mid, whatever it is, 20s, where like you're in the shit accommodation because it's all you can afford and you're living with the crazy or the weird housemates and I don't know I'm definitely like projecting because like I've mm. had that experience my, my house is actually really nice Why are they? <laughs> it's actually yeah well that doesn't save a narrative so yeah. we'll edit that out um, <laughs> yeah. and then come here so then you go into Joe and like 
I guess I that's probably where like I and I bet like a lot of other people maybe first became familiar with, with you and your work but I'm kind of more interested in the decision to leave that I mm. guess because I think that that's like that really interesting thing as you're saying like you've got the job in media you've got the job in like a creative space but then you know and obviously like you're on a salary then and there's a degree of security mm-hmm. with that which is difficult to get when you're mm. in the space that we are you know um, what was the decision to leave that and what level if any of anxiety was there around it yeah huge I kind of uh I thought I could, I would, I did get another job after that. I, I worked for The Mirror for a while doing social editing, which is a bit more uh, sterile, like less creative, but it kind of paid the bills. And I, you know, it, it set me up when I moved to London. Obviously, London disappeared within six weeks of me moving there because of the pandemic. Uh, and so I was able to kind of save, but I kept, I kept that job for, you know, for a while. But like, yeah, leaving Joe, it was more uh, that I, wanted to move away I wanted to live in London um, and that yeah I was I was working in kind of social which is a lot of ads a lot of that kind of stuff uh, and it was very very busy and very just too busy if you know what I mean so it was kind of but I was also commuting in and out of Navin um, because I couldn't afford my apartment anymore and it was just that kind of thing of like God I'm going two hours door to door uh, which is a huge amount of travelling and it was just really taking it out of me and I was like God I can't do this anymore do you know what I mean it was just So sorry you yeah. were working for Joe yeah. and couldn't afford your apartment in Dublin Yeah yeah, at the time yeah 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 yeah. now I did I got a promotion like a couple of months after that and I was like God I wish that came sooner but yeah no I, yeah it was it was a point where I was like what am I doing I'm actually just I've nothing at the end of the month and all that kind of stuff. And I remember not buying glasses for ages because I was like, I couldn't, <laughs> I was like, it was just an expense. I'm sure I could have managed my money a bit better. Do you know what I mean? But it was one of those things where I was like, God, I need to just go home and, and reevaluate what the hell I'm doing here. Do you know that kind of thing? Mm. So, yeah. And what's your relationship to say London now? I, you're, yeah. you're based here. Am I yeah, right? I'm based here, still based here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I really like it. I think it's like a big Dublin. Uh, it's very busy. I know a lot of my friends don't enjoy it or like say places like Brixton they think are way too chaotic I would probably agree with that but like I actually I yeah I like it it's kind of like endless possibility everyone's kind of the same age as well as what kind of what I notice is like there's a lot of like people in their 30s or late 20s or whatever and yeah it's just because it's so big you can do whatever you want and it's English speaking you know what I mean? which I find great relief in you know that kind mm. of thing so um, yeah, I do. I'm over and back quite a bit. I go over and I work with Sean Burke quite a lot. Um, and I have friends that live there and stuff. And sometimes it's just nice to go over for a weekend, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I still like it. I still would move there, I think. Um, but probably not at the moment because I have a lot going on here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any like um, um, baggage? I don't know. Around like aging and moving mm. do you know what I mean like I've always had like I because I think like a lot of people a lot of Irish people I guess you're so surrounded by emigration at any given time with like all or mm. it feels like all of your friends are either doing it or coming back or thinking about it or about to so like it obviously puts it in your head and especially again in like the kind of general space that we work in like mm. London obviously has a lot more opportunity than Dublin and has a lot more competition in other ways. You know, you can frame it whatever way kind of suits your narrative around it, you know. But I guess I've always had that thing, like, I don't know, it, and it's stupid. I get. I think I do have some baggage around, like, 
aging and like being at the end of my 20s and being like hmm do I want to do I want to move to a new city in my 30s which is kind of stupid like I mm. would like totally catch myself in this but like I have it in there somewhere mm. I have that little voice being like but do you want to do that or are you trying to like now you know settle down and like start roots or like would you rather buy a house rather than use those savings to mm. go to like, all these kind of things do you have any conversations in your head like that oh all the time okay. yeah yeah I'm very paranoid about that actually and moving over somewhere and I don't know I, I'm paranoid about moving over somewhere you know, maybe finding someone to settle down with and then not having a support network if I were to have a family. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of my mm. main anxiety around it. But then that's so far down the line that I'm like, why am I even worried about that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But also, like, I, I had a friend that moved to London when she was 30. Uh, and I don't know, she's, she's maybe three years older than me. And to me, it just like 30. I didn't see a future past 30 almost. It was like, <laughs> I just didn't. See, do you know what I mean? It's 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 mad how you think you can't conceptualize what you're going to be like when you're older. You just think your life is older, over. You know what I mean? But like, actually, she thrived and is having a great time. So it's kind of like, yeah, I can. I can just move anywhere whenever I want. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I But I, I do need to catch myself and remember that sometimes, I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's a huge part of that. Are you single? Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. in. I'm in a relationship, like in a like a serious one. Like you know, we mm. should be together till we die, unless like I fuck it up. You know, mm. so like that is a big element in it. I think because that, I mean, yeah, like you, you can't but ignore that. Like then you've got another person to like, yeah, like factor into all of your decisions. You know what mm. I mean? I mean, you become like a team. So yeah, it complicates things. I suppose. Yeah. What is your What is your feelings around like? Yeah, like that thing of like not being able to see past 30 and now 30 is on the horizon. How do you feel about that? Fine. I think I think I've just considered myself as 30 for the last three years anyway. Do yeah, you, know you I mean? said like, that and I do it all yeah. the time, which is why I caught it. You were like, yeah. oh, when I was in, you know, because like I was in my 20s and I was like, you're still in your 20s. Yeah, you know? yeah. I've, I've a lot of friends who are 30 and kind of older, if you know what I mean. So it's kind of that thing of like, yeah, I've just thought of myself as that and I'm not nervous about it. When I turned 25, I nearly had a crisis. Do you know what I mean? I had the quarter life kind of thing um, I think because I remember starting a pension and <gasps> I remember saying uh, he was like what age are you now I was like 25 and I expected him to be like oh you're so responsible doing this so young but he said yeah it's about right and I was like oh like do you know what I mean I just felt ancient do you know what I mean um, and it's it's that kind of age where it's like oh fuck if I was in the X Factor I'd be in the overs category as well I'd be yeah. with Wagner and all the freaks <laughs> and this would be my last chance at anything you know <laughs> You realise actually, like most people have careers after they're twenty five, you know that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of, yeah, I, I think I've achieved everything I've wanted to achieve before thirty. Like I've done a master's degree, I can drive, um, I've, I'm in a career that I like, and I'm doing okay and and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I think yeah, the kind of milestones other than say buying a car or maybe buying a house. I think I'm I think I'm pretty much covered. So I'm not nervous about things I haven't achieved or whatever. I'm kind of just looking forward to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I, I, I agree. I I also I feel like I'm thirty two. Like yeah. do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know why. I feel and also like my my uh partner is, you know, she's like 
10 months older than me or something but mm. she is 30 and like when she went 30 I was like well now I'm 30 you know yeah, what I mean yeah. I don't like um, although it is kind of fantastic you know if we like there's someone on TV when they're like 39 and I'm like oh they're your age and then if there's someone like you know who's 21 and I'm like they're my age <laughs> you yes. know yeah, like yeah, I really yeah, I like yeah. to exploit it when it suits me um, yeah okay right we give it a spin yes okay here we go it is number 10 no. <laughs> <laughs> we could whitewash here, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, kind of on brand. What is the most important quality for you in a romantic partner? Oh, that's made me laugh, I think. Like, I can't be doing all the work in the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. I feel like it has to, I have to actually enjoy spending time with them. Do you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing? Um, and I've been on lots of dates with some very nice people and all that kind of stuff, but it's like, what I actually look for is that I can. you can actually make me laugh while I'm sitting there or I'm crying laughing at something you've said or that kind of thing. That is, that's kind of the primary thing that I can actually spend time with you and be like, I had such a nice time. You know, that mm. kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of gorgeous. Like, it, yeah. Do, do you say you are on a date, right? Or it's a, like, uh, like a first date, for instance. Mm, yeah. Like, do you, are you funny on a date? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think... Because sometimes I am nervous if the person knows who I am beforehand and that, yeah, comedians aren't funny all the time. I often think of, you know, the clip in The Simpsons where it's an episode, I think Homer keeps inviting Krusty places or insisting that Krusty comes along. And there's this bit where Marge is like, I keep telling you, Krusty's a really troubled man. And he's in the kitchen just crying. (laughs) I think about that all the time where it's like, there's a lot of comedians like that where it's like, oh, they might be funny on stage, but Jesus Christ, they've got problems. Like, you know, so I kind of don't want to, yeah, I th- I think funny as in like I would be in any conversation, I think, but I'm not actively being like doing stand up or doing bits. I actually do when I get to know the other person. Do you know what I mean? But I also want to make sure that they can make me laugh as well, like rather than just being like, well, this is, you know, a bit, it being a one way thing, you know, completely. Yeah. Has that has that like presumably that's happened? Like you've been on first dates like what? Yeah. What what's are like, do you use like the apps or what's the crack? Oh, I've been on I've been on all the apps. Yeah. yeah. It's, what's uh, your favorite? Oh, um, <gasps> Bumble. I think. No. I think because I don't have to send the first message. Really? <laughs> you I, know? Yeah. yeah. I hated Bumble. Right. I hated. It. I liked Hinge. I hated Hinge. Interesting. I thought Hinge. Oh my god! I think because because I I don't think we can expect people to be funny all the time or whatever. And Hinge, you know, you see the prompts. Yeah. And you see people answer the prompts with the same four things. It's always like pineapple and pizza, the sitcom friends, looking for a travel buddy, yeah. uh, bonus points if you have a dog, all that kind of the Here same. for a good time, not a long time. Same shit, baby isn't mine. Same <laughs> stuff all the time. Do you know that kind of thing? And yeah. it's like, I don't, I never feel like I get to know anyone any better from those prompts. And also those those people who like, you know when they ask you on the on the prompt where it's like, what do you look for in a relationship? And usually, like, if I were to answer that question, I wouldn't give a serious answer. I wouldn't give something sincere. But you get people saying honesty and integrity to that question. And it's like, who is that for? You know, that just tells me you probably have baggage from something beforehand or you expect someone who doesn't have honesty or integrity to be like, oh, shit, sorry. I won't swipe right on you then. Do you know that kind of thing? I don't understand that at all. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's but but I also I would for the same reason you don't like it. I think is why I liked it because it was like oh what a great chance to like uh, to kind of show a bit of personality or like mm. subvert like all that shit because like presumably like I was always endlessly fascinated with my. It was funny the other day um, we had friends over to our apartment. Uh, 
and one of my pals was on the the apps and she was like oh knock yourself out and she threw the phone I didn't even ask which mm. you know I may have done and um, so it was uh, but she was like had a guy in her thing and I was like oh well I started a conversation and exchanged like <laughs> six messages yeah. with this guy I think his name can't remember his name Connor could have been Michael Connor or Michael it was a good standard name mm. and like I was like fuck I'm I'm crushing this like I'm I'm good at this I'm good at dating app bands yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean um because it is it's it's specific yeah and like so what's that experience like though of if you say match with someone on Bumble mm. and first of all small question do you use Michael or your actual name I use Michael because I've been banned from Tinder because they thought I was a catfish. Uh, no, I managed to get it reinstated. But there was, yeah, there was this thing where I had been banned for violating the terms of service. And I was like, what? I haven't done anything. And then it was this thing of, because I had people regularly come into my DMs being like, hey, this guy's stealing your pictures. And you're like, no, that's me. And they'd be like, oh, shit, I reported it already. Uh, so basically, yeah, Tinder were like, uh, yeah, you violated the terms of service. I was like, no, here's the story. All this stuff. You look at the terms of service I violated it's that I'm impersonating someone. It's not. I'm this. It took me ages. It took me ages to argue with them, but I eventually got myself reinstated. So now it's just Michael, and then I explain it later on, which I don't know. It's probably even more dangerous to the point where it's like you know, oh, you meet someone and it's like, oh, that's not my real name, and they're like, what the fucking hell are you doing? Like you know that kind of thing. That's um, so that's yeah, that's uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, that is that's tricky because then that's, you have to be like, so do you do you know me? Yes. Do you know? Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that is yeah yeah yeah, and it's. I hate asking that question as well. Are you familiar with me, or whatever? So, like, surprise. A lot of them. The aren't, allegations aren't true. Which, which is nice. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also that thing of extra pressure when you're like, "This is what I do," and they look at it and it's kind of like, "Shit!" Did they think that was funny, or are they just like, are they really turned off now that I'm that I'm a comedian and they don't find me funny? You know that kind mm. of thing. So it's almost a relief when they do know who I am or have some idea because I don't have to explain it all then. You know, and I don't have to send them examples and hope they find it funny you know that kind of thing because that's yeah. that's mortifying you know yeah yeah what 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 do you, what's your do you have like a what do you think makes a good first date where do you like to go or do or um i think just a good long conversation over cocktails or something i think i think that's my main that would be my go-to great you know yeah an actual conversation you yeah because i've done like movie dates and stuff like that but that's pointless you know mm-hmm. what i mean like you can't you don't actually get to know the person so yeah, yeah. And, and like what's your relationship to being single like do mm. you are you like actively trying to meet someone at the moment are you quite like happy to be single and kind of work focused where are you at yeah i think i was very work focused last year and now i'm kind of like i'm being invited to lots of things like say movie premieres or like you know just just things you get free tickets to or gigs I want to see and stuff like that and I have friends that I invite to places all the time and it's kind of like right I'm sure my friend's girlfriend is not happy that I'm bringing him places all the time you know stuff like that where it's like or I think you just run out of people and it would be nice to have a person to be like would you like to come to this thing or like you know somebody you can just do those fun things with Mm. rather than having to oh shit who's available they're like mm, this might be a long shot let's see if this person wants to come or you know that kind of thing yeah um, that would be just on a practical level that's why I'd be looking for somebody yeah yeah so. yeah do you think like I don't know like it's yeah it's interesting because like I, I was like I like that was like so much of like my like I said the last time I was doing this podcast like presumably mm. like a lot of those years like I was also like in the trenches you know what I mean and like was on the apps and going on dates and stuff and it's it's like it's interesting now it's interesting now to sort of like reflect on that time I don't know I guess like what I'm asking is like 
sorry, I, this sound this is going to sound so crude, and I don't mean it to, but like, mm. do do you have a hunch like why if you want to be with someone you're not? I don't know what the, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I don't know either. It, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's a bad it's a bad fray question. I suppose like when I look back on that time, right? Yeah, I feel like I like I'm I'm not. I I really really thought that I did want to be with someone and I think I did actually mm. but like I probably wasn't really able to without the sort of knowledge of that you know what I mean mm. like I feel like I had shit going on under the surface like stuff that you know I would later go on to like do literally in therapy and be mm. like oh that that kind of makes sense now in, in hindsight like there was some big stuff under the surface that would get in the in the way of anything never mind a romantic relationship which mm. is obviously so I for me romantic relationships bring up a lot of shit mm -hmm. I've found and I suppose like I'm wondering like do you can you relate to that yeah probably I think as much as anybody can um yeah I don't <laughs> I don't really <laughs> yeah. know how to answer that yeah you know I just wanted to tell everybody yeah 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 I, th I think so yeah I, th I think yeah when you're younger and stuff like that and you haven't necessarily worked yourself out yet yeah obviously that's going to get in the way of of any relationship if you know what I mean but like I think as you get older and more mature and kind of understand what you actually want then it gets easier to meet people and actually be like oh yeah I actually quite like this person rather than you know running away after two or three dates and then being like oh fuck I shouldn't have done that you know that kind of thing yeah so, that's a really mm. good articulation of it because I think that is a huge thing and I think it depends like what because I think there's a big difference like this was something I heard probably on a podcast I hear everything on podcast mm. but like it really helped me was like the criteria of like wanting a fun like let's go out and get drunk quite a lot you know relationship in your 20s versus like wanting to meet like a potential life partner mm -hmm. for the rest of your life like for me they are kind of pretty different criteria so like it was really helpful at a certain point to be like oh wait, hang on a minute like I'm I'm actually looking for this mm. and like for me they were like a really different set of boxes to tick so to speak and yeah. I think that was really helpful because it really helped to like uh, yeah go on sure like first second third date and then be able to make a like kind of decision of like is this is this what I want and as a result like because obviously if you don't want it it's not fair to the other person either mm. you're just going to mm. be wasting their time you know it was like a really helpful filter I suppose mm. right we go spinning yes <laughs> Okay, um, number 19. No. Okay. <laughs> We've rigged it against you today. Nice. I feel like we're getting a great spread of questions here. Mm. I've updated the list of questions, so I don't want to compliment myself. Yeah. But at the same time, I also think that I've made it less crack. I feel like I've taken out, like there used to be some like goofy, you know, pineapple and pizza style questions. Right. Yeah, it was yeah, never yeah. that. They're all gone. Now I just want to be fucking serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so sorry about that. Uh, 19, what is your relationship to writing? Oh, um, hmm. I like it. I kind of, um, I write for myself. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I don't do it for other people. Um, so... I don't know. I think I have that kind of thing that everybody has, the procrastination thing, where you're like, the hardest thing is to actually just sit down and start doing it. Mm. Um, and I'm very much like, if I'm not completely in love with it, I find it very hard to do that kind of thing. Often if I have an idea, it's like, right, kind of flurry, do it as fast as you can so you don't get bored. Mm. Um, and kind of all that kind of stuff. If I sit with something too long, I find it quite difficult. Um, because I start to doubt myself or start to doubt whether it's funny or like whether I enjoy it or not anymore 
but I think you have to whether you're writing anything like music or or comedy or whatever I think you have to be like actually actively enjoying writing it for it to be good I think I don't know yeah that's really interesting that idea of yeah like kind of trying to like race the self-doubt you know what I mean like mm. get there first that's really interesting do, do you find that your process so to speak is different depending on what it is like say versus like uh, and like an online say like music mm. like song or you know versus like some of the live stuff that you might be doing versus like I don't know if you like worked in the kind of like narrative fiction space of like like a pilot or a you know a, a, mm. a series of those things yeah. does it vary depending on the thing or is it like very much like no I get down my laptop and I, I bash it out depends on who I'm working with so I um, I had a show on BBC Sounds last year called The Michael Fry Show and for that um, I brought in Jean Burke and Kira Knight and yeah we worked off spider graphs and this kind of very loose kind of like okay here's an idea how much can we get out of this and how we get enough into a sketch or a couple of sketches or a series of sketches you know that kind of thing uh, and that was that was a lot of fun it was very much like following something or running with something for as long as you can mm. and if you can't run very far with it then it's not a good idea let's not force it you know that kind of thing and it was something where it's like we're almost feeding off each other and it's like okay I'm laughing at this and I love it I love that you said that and it's kind of this thing you know where it's like yes and you know all that kind of stuff mm. uh, being able to add to it and, and just pack it full of jokes and all that kind of stuff that was fun I've I've kind of done kind of pilot stuff or whatever developed for TV and things like that. Uh, nothing's been successful so far, but uh, I found that hard because mm. it's very much it's such a long, long process uh, from the idea stage to like actually hammering out all the kinks and being like, here's how this would work rather than a sketch where it's like this doesn't necessarily have to make narrative sense or canonical sense or do you know what I mean I don't have to be consistent with different things I don't have to fill 22 minutes I don't have to do that kind of stuff it's it's very different and I find it a lot more challenging because it's so much longer mm. and then with music same as comedy almost being like can I enjoy this and music is very trial and error I find we are adding in elements being like can I add this instrument here how does that sound oh I don't like that let's take that out or like you know you're adding stuff in and then you maybe strip it all back being like, OK, that's that sounds better. It's very much like in and out, pressing different buttons, all that kind of stuff. I don't think you can be like, you know, bam, 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 bam. I generally start with a bass, but like I mightn't, Do you know, that kind of thing. It's very, that's very, that's very inexact and kind of that it takes a while, you know. Yeah. Do you write music outside of the comedy space? Yes. Interesting. Have you yes, released any of it? No. Uh, I'm considering it. I am considering. I've quite a lot kind of saved up, so I might. I'm looking at maybe doing an EP this year and seeing what it's like. It's going to be different to some of the music I've done. I think probably might be more down an electronic kind of route um, rather than kind of indie rock or whatever. But I, I think it's one of those things where it's like I'm doing it for myself, and I'm kind of just like I will put in whatever I like. You know, one of my favorite artists is like Santi Gold. I don't know if you know her. But it's very much like you could tell she just likes a lot of different things and just throws them in because she likes it. And I love that. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like just make something that's an expression of the stuff you like, you know? Yeah. I was also struck by like the notion of, you know, say working with like Sean and Kira mm. on the Michael Fry show. Do you do you feel like, do you, I guess, for instance, as a writer, I to date have been 
very much like a, a lone wolf, so mm. to speak, like, and I kind of go off. Now, that said, like, in the last year or so, I've, I've like, worked with amazing collaborators and been like, hmm, this is a lot easier and it's a lot, it, it's a lot better, actually. Mm. Um, but never, I've never worked with, like, other writers have worked with like editors or dramaturgs or this sort of thing, which I've just found like invaluable. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your relationship to solo writing versus say like writer room group writing? I love group writing. I really, really do. I love it. Um, it's a lot of fun collaborating with people who you think are extremely funny. Uh, so we did an RTE show the last year called No Worries If Not as well and I got to work with like Emma Doran for example who's hilarious and it's that kind of those bits where we were allowed to kind of improv and work together were amazing and the same with like Sean Akira or I'm working with Eleanor Morton and Sean Burke at the moment as well and that's so much fun do you know and it's it's that kind of thing it's like it's so much faster doing it with other people because you can really bounce off each other and you know it's just having three brains instead of one working on the same problem essentially mm-hmm. Um, whereas before, like, I don't know, I, I wasn't sure how I would be working with people because what I do is very improv It's very like I might take a few, say, with the, the talking head stuff or uh, where, say, I'm a character on the phone or you know, that kind of stuff. I take a lot of takes doing that. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, shit, do I want to waste everyone's time by taking loads of takes? You know, whereas when you're on, say, a film set and you're with other people, it's like you can't really do that. You're kind of like you know a bit more self-conscious about everyone's time and there's more pressure whereas like on my own you do just come up with stuff when you're on the fly like just talking you know and it sounds more naturalistic that way so it's kind of yeah um i think there's benefits to both but i definitely do love working with people now that i've had the chance to do it you Mm. know yeah and like you know over the last year could have been longer like forgive Mm. me if so but like you've been in like dramas or comedy dramas like in terms of yeah being on yes, set like a yeah. big set and like have an acting career as well mm. how how do you find that good I really really enjoyed it it's been a lot of fun um, particularly because I, I my fir- the first one I was on was Holding which was a huge ITV production so that was mental you know what I mean and, and uh, I was on stage the first time since I was 16 I wrote a song for it Mrs. Doyle was there, you know, it was like, or Barris from Game of Thrones, or uh, the nun from Derry Girls is there, and Kathy Burke is the director. So it was, it was, that was mental. That was really, really mental, that one. Um, great experience, great first experience, because the set was so nice and everyone was so nice to each other and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I did, I did Callan's Kicks. That was great. That was like a lot smaller, but it was like, uh, you, I, like I was playing with stuff. Do you know what I mean? They were, they were really, you know, kind of just do what you want, that kind of thing, you know, within reason with the script. And then I did Derry Girls as well. So that that was that was also mad because that was one of my favourite shows before I was even on the show. Do you know what I mean? Before I, I, I'd even auditioned or done anything for it, I loved the show. So it was almost like I won a competition to be on there, you know, uh, and to meet all those people. And yeah, it was, it was mad. And to see how a big production works where they have budget and all that kind of stuff. Like we filmed on a moving train for that one, which is mad, wow. you know. So um, really cool experiences. And I, I actually, I do want to do more TV stuff or film stuff I think I think I really really like that you know mm. does like I think one of my favourite things is when I get to perform my own writing mm-hmm. as opposed to but I also work as an actor you know working mm. on other people's scripts and writing mm. which I also love what how did you find that did you were you kind of like oh this is great to kind of get in to like another per- like a, you know another writer's you know, language and mm. style and all that? Or is there a part of you like punching it up in your head being like, 
because you know the way you know how you're funny yes you know what I mean mm. and I know how I'm funny and every kind of writer performer knows how they're funny or engaging or whatever mm. but then when you're like you know if you're not the writer you're kind of slotting into something or you're bringing all of yourself to something else and trying to give it like that flavour you know how how's that yeah it's 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 interesting I do I do punch things up do you know do I mean? you? even on Dairy Girls I was like kind of saying things in different ways and then you have like a script person be like no it's actually this and you're like oh, alright shit sorry I'm actually how do I think I know, <laughs> you know, why do I think I know better than the actual first person who fucking wrote the thing? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, you do find yourself doing that. But I mean, outside of changing the dialogue, you can do loads. You can do loads about how you deliver stuff and who you look at and all that kind of stuff uh, and how you say certain lines. And they've hired you because, you know, I auditioned for Dairy Girls along. I, I didn't realise how many other people auditioned for that part. But more and more, like Northern Irish comedians are telling me they auditioned for the same one. Um, but they obviously like the way I delivered that and all that kind of stuff. So it's like you are, it's not as if you're, you know, just a mouthpiece or you know, that kind of thing. You do actually have a creative input into it. It is a creative thing. It's not as creative as writing your own stuff, but it's it's there. You can still do stuff with it, you know? Completely. Right, we go for... Yes. I think we've got time for two more. Okay. Let's do it. Number 39. No. I'd love to get you a number. <laughs> yeah. I we don't think keep I going will. until we get one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> number 39. What's one thing everyone likes that you don't like? Oh, oh God. Okay. Um, that I don't like. Um, that's hard because I feel like I do generally like things that other people like. Um, I maybe don't like loud or crowded bars that really annoys me. You know, you know, when you go somewhere and like, see, one of my friends is really bad for this, being like, oh, let's go to this cool music place. And you're like, great. And then it's blaring music to the point where you're shouting over each other. And you're like, I don't know if anyone actually does like this, but it's something that bars do all the time. Sorry, that's actually quite a popular answer. I, I'm kind of trying to think. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I don't know. You're right. Yeah, you is, have been in your 30s. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is there something that everybody liked that I didn't particularly care for? I don't know. Without without being personal. Yeah. Or saying it about an actor or something. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Completely. Yeah, at the start you were like, well, oh, but you know, when people don't like me, it's like, I don't like certain people. I'm like, yeah. No, no, yeah, no, no. no there, is, there is an actor that I don't enjoy that everyone is obsessed with. That really? I, that I'm kind of just like, I don't get it. Do you know that kind of thing? Huh. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is no. because it's mean to do that sure. so it's kind of like but it's, it's not somebody I know personally but it's like a very popular person that you're kind of like oh I don't get it do you know that kind of thing yeah um, I think that happens with lots of different people where you're like uh, I don't know if you've seen that clip from Family Guy where they're talking about the Godfather movies and uh, <laughs> Peter when they're dying is kind of like his last confession is like I didn't care for the Godfather movies and everyone's going crazy at him and he's like no nope, didn't like it didn't like it at all explaining why he doesn't like it and saying it insists upon itself I think about that all the time you know, wow. that kind of thing. it insists so upon I, itself I think there's certain things that I would be like I didn't enjoy it I know why people liked it but it wasn't for me you know that kind of thing yeah let's do one more alright last one I'm sorry, it's number 24. No. I know you don't have that. Wow, okay. Wow, okay. Where <laughs> are we at? Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting way to leave it. What is your, especially with the film we were talking about, hmm. what is your relationship to forgiveness? Oh, I, I, yeah. I think generally it's a good thing. I think it's good not to hold on to... <laughs> It'd be great if you came out and like, no, 
Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I hate think it's it. stupid, yeah. actually. Yeah. I actually think it's like the Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Yeah. Shit. Fucking, yeah. 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 Everyone yeah. loves forgiveness. I hate it. Um, no, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, it's a lot of work to hold on to stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's a lot of work to kind of begrudge things or feel annoyed at stuff years later, all that kind of stuff. I just feel like it's better for, even for you rather than the other person just to kind of let go of it. Mm. You know, and you see that with, say, stuff um, to do with, say, the troubles or whatever. And you see people being like, I forgave that person not because I think what they did was right or not because, you know, like what they did was terrible, but for me, mm. so I can move on with my life. I think it's a good thing for you to do. You know what I mean? Mm. Rather than, it's it's not really about the other person. It's more about kind of letting that go and being like, yeah, do you know what? I'm tired of thinking about this. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah. Do you, do you, um, what about like a, apology and, and apologizing? How, mm. I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Yeah. Like the idea, I think I'm going to write something about it. I can say it in this because I've written it by the time this comes out. Mm -hmm. But like the idea of like apology as a radical act because like when was the last time someone apologized to you? Um, I don't know. Like I've, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, and like out, outside of kind of like, oh, should I fuck that up? Sorry, I'll do that again. Mm. Not, you know, I don't think there's anything mad that's happened where someone's been like, Oh yeah, I'm really sorry for that thing that happened years ago. Do you know mm -hmm. that kind of thing? That hasn't, yeah, that hasn't happened very recently at all. Do you yeah. know that kind of thing? No, it's super rare. Yeah, yeah, and I think like yeah, it's something like I try to do mm. actively is like apologize for th even even retrospect. Like it's really embarrassing. It's mm. like it's a really embarrassing thing to do sometimes. Yeah. Some and like sometimes it's easy. Like sometimes you're you know with the family member, or your partner, or something, and like you're like ratty for a few minutes, and like twenty minutes later you can be like. I'm sorry, that was me, you know, uh, mm. you know, but then that idea of like, yeah, like there's definitely things that like I owe people in my life apologies mm -hmm. and sometimes and like I've reached out to certain people. There's probably other ones that I haven't done yet that are like, yeah. hmm. and then there's some where you're like, I could apologize for that, but I actually think the apology will cause more pain nearly mm. than, you know, like sometimes I think you got to let some stuff go. Uh, yeah. Or like, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know the way in there. You know what I mean? Or is the apology... For you, is it self-serving? Yes, or is is it that you genuinely think the person you're talking to that will make any difference in their life whatsoever? Do you know what I mean? Like, I that's think, a great point. Yeah, I think that's important, especially when you think about stuff you did when you were a teenager or whatever, or yeah. that sort of shit. Where you're like, okay, me bringing this up and saying this to this person does that help anything? Is yeah. that do they remember? Yeah, do they remember? Are we the same people? Is it coming from the same person that actually did the thing? No. So it's like, does this help anyone? Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Other than trying to make them kind of be like, oh, that's okay. Like kind of trying to force a kind of a forgiveness out of them to make you feel better. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. That's an interesting one. It's an interesting. I've never been asked that before. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. It's a new question. But yeah. again, it's like a lot of this is just <laughs> the stuff I think about, mm. you know, forced onto other people. Yes. Um, so thank you for letting me force. Um, listen, this has been great. Thank you so much for playing Personality Bingo. I mean, on the bingo point of view, you absolutely failed. Oh, um, yeah. But in terms yeah. of quality conversations. It's not a game it. of skill, though, is it? Like, uh, it's just complete random chance. I mean, so, that's I mean, what a loser would say. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, I know. You know what I fucking hate is bingo. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I know you've got 
things coming up, things where people can ah. see and uh, yeah, stay in touch. Do you want to let us know what's up? I will indeed. So myself, and this is the first time I've had actually something to plug in a podcast for quite some time, Wait. other than my own social media handles. Uh, myself and Killian Sunderman are going on a little mini tour of Ireland. Uh, so we are also going to London. London has sold out, but there are tickets available for Belfast, Dundalk, Galway, Cork, uh, Kilkenny, um, and probably somewhere else that I've completely forgotten about. Um, but we've, yeah, we're going all around the country uh, and doing the show we did from the Dublin Fringe, but we're kind of tweaking it so it's not so Dublin specific. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's a double act. It's myself and Killian bouncing off each other. We appear on stage together. I do some character stuff. It's not just straight stand up. We have some songs. Uh, so it's a nice, it's an evening with us, which is fun. Um, and we might have some fun support acts. We'll see what the story is. I shouldn't have said anything about support acts. I know Sean Burke is supporting us in London. I don't know <laughs> about anything else. Um, but yeah, that's what we're selling tickets. They can be found either on Eventbrite or from the venues themselves. I know Spirit Store and Dundalk are actually selling the tickets themselves rather than through Eventbrite or Bright or whatever. So just have a look at where you actually want to go see us and check the relevant websites. They'll find yes. you. Mm. Amazing. Michael Fry, this has been great. Thank you so much for playing Personality Bingo. Thank you for having me on. So guys, that's it for another episode of Personality Bingo. Before we go any further, I want to give a massive shout out to Michael Fry. Thank you so much for coming in, for taking the time to chat. It was an absolute pleasure. And I also want to make sure you go and see Michael. He's on tour with the fantastic Killian Sunderman. On the 9th of March, they're going to be at Monroe's in Galway. On the 10th of March, they're going to be at the Set Theatre in Kilkenny. The 14th of March, you can catch them at the Soho in London. The 22nd of March, they're going to be in Belfast at the Limelight. The 31st of March, they're going to be at City Limits Cork and the 5th of May the day after my birthday they're going to be in the Spirit Store in Dundalk so make sure you get your tickets we're going to have all the details in the show notes to make sure you're fully sorted but uh, I guarantee that that is going to be an absolute barnstorming tour uh, they were one of the hits of the Dublin Fringe Festival the year gone and I have no doubt that there's only wonderful things in the future so Michael once again thank you so much and uh, before we go any further I, I want to give a massive thank you to our brilliant uh, hosts here at the Headstuff Podcast Network uh, for looking after us so well as always for the beautiful studio and for all the work they do with pumping out this podcast and so many others make sure you check out everything they have to offer on the Headstuff Podcast Network also to the wonderful Connor Nolan for the fantastic artwork to my pal Liam Moore for our beautiful theme music and most importantly to you for listening as always thank you so very much so that's it for another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Moore This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.